Hi everyone, Mike White from Lively Fresh Takes here. Today's episode promises to be an insightful one. We're talking about the significant changes we're seeing in the media landscape today, what it means for businesses like ours. I have with me Nick Hill from Sawhorse Productions, who's been at the forefront of content creation and now the evolution of robot experiences. Let's get him in. Hi, Nick. Welcome. So pleased to have you on, uh, you know, on our show. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Super excited to chat with you today. You're you're a little bit tired. You've just uh, you've just been on a bit of a whirlwind, haven't you? Yeah, I just got back from RDC 23, the Roblox Developer Conference. Um, yeah. Had a fantastic time. There was um, almost 30 people from Sawhorse Interactive uh, at the event. So oh, wow. yeah, uh, pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll keep you fresh and, uh, and, and engaged for this duration. But look, the way, uh, the way we like to uh, start these things is uh, just basically for uh, our audiences to get to know you a bit. So tell us a little bit about yourself because you're a neighbor. You're, you're in LA, aren't you? Yeah, just down the street. So Sawhorse Productions, uh, our, our office is right in Studio City. But quick background on myself. My name is Nick Hill. I'm co-founder of Sawhorse and head of the interactive department. But going back, just a little bit of background is um, I studied media studies in college. I was always really interested in building creative content and sharing it with the world. I wasn't quite sure what I really wanted to do. Um, My first kind of foray into anything really creative was... I made a, a magazine about um, Japanese animation when I was in high school. Cool. Uh, like when I was, <laughs> so just made that with my friends on photocopiers, distributed that to a few different schools in the neighborhood. That was like my first like impact. And then when I was in college, I made a documentary about the history of graffiti art in San Francisco. Oh. Um, and that was back in the day when you could sell DVDs um, and had a huge amount of success within that community. Um, played at film festivals around the world. Um, And then we did uh, self-distribution on a global scale um, of DVDs. And that's how I started my first company. And then I kind of realized like, oh, this is, uh, this is production work. You know, I'm like building stories I'm building films and building video content. I can be hired to do that. So over time I started to do more commercial work and um, it's working on a documentary about, uh, Wikipedia, actually, and I got pulled down to Los Angeles, and they essentially said, "If you want to keep working on this project, you have to live in LA." Got down there, reconnected with one of my uh, friends and colleagues from college, and we started Sawhorse. And we, were, yeah, and we, um, he was a trailer editor at the time with a comedy background, and I was a featured documentary director and editor. And so we kind of like started uh, Sawhorse together and we were, were working on it with, on nights and weekends, just basically doing branded content and commercials um, and music videos um, as a co-directing team and producing team. And over time, it kind of snowballed and there was a ton of demand to create digital content um, in the branded space. So we had a lot of success with Condé Nast in the early days. Um, and several agencies started to hire us to do branded content, short format, all digital. Um, and then the company has been growing steadily in that space for the past, uh, 13 years. 
And just during the pandemic, I got a great opportunity to create an immersive project, which I was always interested in gaming. But when I came up back in the day, the technology was, wasn't really there. The UGC platforms weren't really there. I feel like a lot of creatives had to make a, a choice. Like, are you going to make films and video work? Or are you going to go into gaming and development? It's, there wasn't a lot of crossover. Today, there is. And so I got a great opportunity to work on a, a project for Aloe, the clothing brand, um, on Roblox. And so my team, um, we basically learned how to do it. We brought on a bunch of devs. We made a great project, and it had huge impact. Um, and now today, I'm head of the interactive department at Sawhorse, and my main focus is to figure out how to tell brand stories in immersive ways, leveraging new technologies. So no more 2D linear media for me. It's all fully 3D worlds that are interactive. Fantastic. Wow. Well, look, I'm really excited about this particular podcast. Well, I'm excited about all of them, but this is kind of, you know, as everybody knows, we bring together kind of pioneers and creators in, in the world of marketing. We talk about how, you know, the landscape of marketing and engagement is changing. And why I'm excited about this is because we're kind of two agencies that share a common goal, but actually with quite different kind of core offerings you know you've come from the content side of things and now moving into the experience i'd say experiential space within the digital realms i come from my business partners film like you um but i come from the in real life world and and it's absolutely about you know this how the media landscape's changing, isn't it? So, you know, you've built this agency, I've built mine. Kind of what, what caused the shift? What, you know, it wasn't just the pandemic, was it? What, what do you think's changed? And just, and just for the people listening, you know, that we're, we're kind of challenging people to reconsider how the agency model should work nowadays. And that's what we're kind of going to get out of this. But, but let's start with what caused the shift. Yeah, I mean, I think the one key word that the answer there is technology, you know, uh, and the way we consume media. And it's dramatically changed. If you look at the history of, of like media consumption, for a long time, it was just top down. You know, it was just like billboards and movies and radio. And that was it. That was Web 1.0, essentially, which is just like, that's a message coming to me. I'm accepting it. Now the conversation ends there. Then obviously we had Web 2, which is all based on technology, the internet, devices. All of a sudden, now everyone has a, a voice and it's like there's a little bit of co-creation or at least um, I'm consuming something quickly and I'm adding to that conversation um, and kind of making it a, a sort of a 360 situation. Now with technology, it's moving so fast that you can have everything at this, you know, the, the touch of your, of your hand on your phone um, and interactive gaming and UGC platforms are just uh, so accessible and it's so easy for people to build and share and, and kind of interact. So I think at this point, there's just such an opportunity to create immersive uh, campaigns and have people interact with those. It, it's, you know, the world is changing right in front of our eyes and, and, just like us, you know, that's what we believe is, is technology changes it from like pure awareness and awareness campaigns and things like that to now people want to feel engaged. They don't want to feel sold to. 
But it's it's interesting as well is the fact that from a media point of view, it's it's also this kind of case of where to where well. Actually, somebody from Logitech put it quite well: "Is where where are people living now? It's you know, it, it started very much at home. You know, that's why TV was so strong, so powerful. But now, you know, the last decade has been so much about in real life and events. And then, yeah, the it's a really interesting. It's like kind of it, it got a bit muddy though, didn't it? With everybody banging on about the metaverse versus gaming and things like that. But actually." It's just how people are kind of interacting with computers and mobile phones. And, you know, depending on kind of what age or what demographic or what you like is where people are choosing to live. So it's it's quite an interesting kind of landscape. And for for me, this this thought process, just before we kind of get into the other questions, is it's quite interesting when it comes to media planning because... For me, and I, you, know, you we, we talked about this earlier, it, there's still this desire for people to be just seen rather than to realize engagement. So actually, you know, I was talking to um, the uh, one of the, the media companies in London that own all the billboards, like I said, billboards. But their biggest problem now is billboards are going digital. And most of the agencies and brands they engage with are still just giving them like almost jpeg prints to put up on these things and and like yes everybody's getting really excited about the 3d billboards that we're seeing but it's still not interactive and engaging right and then to go one step further is like just talk about augmented reality and all of these wearables devices are becoming you know more cost effective more lightweight and more accessible um, and if you think about like from an advertising, from an AR perspective in the real world, I mean, that's a massive interactive layer that most people aren't really talking about. So if you're having a hard time uh, producing more than a JPEG for a billboard, you know, yeah. stepping into a landscape where if everyone has wearables that are AR ready and all you yeah. do is touch a quick button as you roll out of your house, I mean, the, the branding and marketing opportunities are endless. And the interactivity is just insane. And it's funny, isn't it? Because my kind of next question was going to be actually built around the world of the evolution of engagement. But I I don't know about you, but I don't even think it started yet. (laughs) Because it's like for people like you and I who kind of live and breathe this world, it just almost becomes an expectation. But, you know, it's funny you were saying as we were just about to start that, you know, Roblox has been going for, what, 15 years yeah, yeah, over but, 10 years. But it's only, what, in the last three years that they've started to really engage with brands or five years maybe? Yeah, you know, I think it was like a little bit before the pandemic, some of the early leader brands in the space were dabbling on it. Yeah. But yeah, during the pandemic is when it really blew up. But the thing is, isn't it? It's like that word dabbling, a lot of what I've seen anyway is it's more about people loving to be the first to get the PR out of it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were lucky enough, you know, I worked with um, uh, the Guardian and Intel back in 2007 on a brand experience uh, in Second uh, Second Life. And uh, and we actually built the Second Fest, which was one of the first kind of virtual music festivals. But the brief was, it, it was for PR. And it right. was like, and I remember afterwards going, but 
we've really hit on something here. This is amazing. You know, because yeah. you, you know, it's the dwell times. It's the, it's the return visits that you can get from this sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a couple of points there. I mean, I think the headline is awesome. Obviously, you know, you get picked up in all the different uh, media outlets and, and, the, and the news and whatnot. And it, it's like, wow, this brand did this. It was a first. It's amazing. Look at, you know. But now at this point, there's been enough of these activations in the space that that's less interesting to yeah. the media. You know, it's like, oh, well, some of your competitors have already done that. So yeah, what are you doing there now? And I think that's the challenge. And everyone's savvy. Everyone's smart. It's like, okay, you can activate there, but you need to really produce those results. Mm. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's, um, it's like, it's ensuring that there's a longer term commitment, isn't there? Is Because is, that, that's the desire for the audiences, isn't it? The audiences aren't looking for just a quick fix, you know, something to pop into for, for, for one experience and then walk away. Especially the next, is this a generational thing, do you think? Um, yeah, well, a lot to unpack there. I mean, you can do, <laughs> you can do. A, well, now, back, Nick. <laughs> no, this is good. I love talking about this stuff. You can do a, um, uh, like a, a short term activation. That's kind of like stuff in the real life, in the real world, you know, like, uh, you can, you can build this great place for people to come and experience something and get a great reaction and learn about a brand. And, um, and then you can just sunset it or close it. That's, that's fine. You can get a massive spike in traffic and a ton of engagement. You could be looking at it as that's part of the campaign, right? It has a life cycle. It's born, it lives, and it dies. Um, so that's something you can totally do in the metaverse in these different platforms. But to your point, I feel like mo a, lot, a lot of brands should be looking at this as like an always-on persistent opportunity to engage those fans and those users um, to tap into that Gen Z and Gen A audience. And I think we've all accepted Web2 and social media platforms, right? Like I, most brands have an always-on presence, uh, you know, on, on social media. And they know how to cultivate that. And they know that there's they're accessing those fans and, and those users. It's like helping to drive awareness of what that brand is doing and keeping them relevant. Absolutely. And that's what's valuable. Well, to be honest with you, it's funny. We just um, we've just redesigned our website for exactly that. I, you know, so again, kind of going back to to kind of the the common traits that we've got. My, you know, one thing that actually helped our business, um, which you know is is an anomaly to say, is the pandemic. Because you know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of people class us as just a pure events company. And, and I've never been a pure event person because I, I've, mainly from a financial point of view, when a brand's given me, you know, I, I ran the headline sponsorship of E-Festival for Virgin for 17 years. And my biggest thing was I was getting a decent part of the marketing spend to make that activation. But it was a, a two-day event once a year. It took six months to plan. And the content was so rich that I wanted to get more out of it. And so, for and so, our whole big thing was events are dead, long live events. Because an event, and you know, this was the message coming out of the pandemic: was an event doesn't just have to be a, a, a physical thing. You know, a brand experience now is so much more. Which is why I was really excited about having this conversation. To the point that when we built our website, we were like, we've got to have a number of different dimensions. So, you know. 
not just to tick a box, but to really kind of practice what we preach. So, you know, we've got this, we've got our own platform where we're doing these podcasts and live streaming events. We've got a metaverse section. We've got a chat GPT interaction because my whole thing has always been remove yourself from linear experience, whether it's like a linear broadcast and and become more non-linear because people want to engage in many different ways. It's why for me, you know, even though it was a, a Marmite thing, you know, people loved it or hated it, but the Coinbase ad during the Super Bowl yeah. was such a great thing because no matter what people said, everybody stood up, everybody <laughs> picked up their phone yeah. and interacted. Rather than laughing at Ben Stiller pouring Pepsi over his head, yeah, you know, they got people to interact with their brand right there and then. So much so it broke it <laughs> right like i think that's a lot more successful than 12 million people saw my ad <laughs> right that's a great point um i think in any good campaign i think reach is important and the, yeah like the broader the more broad you can um you can get your message out and the more the most engagement time that you can get is is what you want. So I feel like when you have those multiple touch points and it drives all of all of that traffic to to connect and explore on different ways, it really is like the most engaging. I was one of those people watching the Super Bowl that I had to do it. I had to put my phone up and, and see. Hundred percent. I even I worked for Coinbase and I still did it. It was yeah. it was just you wanted to see what was on the other side, didn't you? And yeah. I, I think that's kind of what what's exciting about our world. So I think it's critical probably at this point because we're trying to help people understand about basically turning the, the the media and agency model on its head is we're not saying remove those traditional formats. You know, they are an important part of the mix. But like you said, technology now is allowing us to do so much more. Yeah. We'll deliver some form of interaction and some form of engagement that will make the value to that investment so much better. I agree. And I think it's that simple age old saying in the marketing and advertising world, right? Meet people where they're at. Yes. Right? Isn't that the simple thing? Right. Yeah. So where are the people of a certain generation? They're still watching TV, you know, yeah. but that's getting, that's shrinking. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's driving around. Uh, probably a lot of people listening to the radio still relevant, yeah. you know, podcasts now are digital. But yeah. also younger generations, I mean, they're growing up with basically being born with a cell phone in their hand or a tablet, yeah. you know, they're interacting and they're, you know, commenting and engaging um, with others in the way they consume media. And so they're on these platforms, these UGC platforms like Fortnite and Roblox, the Sandbox, Decentraland, all that stuff. They're on all social media channels there. And I think one area this is where this is going is co-creation. You know, I think um, by uh, it's young people are able to build and share, you know, so it's not so much necessarily that I'm just consuming something that was made for me. I'm building something with other people. Uh, yeah. And that this kind of starts as a conversation, but as we move into AI and everything else, they're going to be building environments for them to oh. communicate in and play in and, so, you know, if, if you're an advertiser or marketing, you're an you're a agency, you have to understand this stuff and you have to, like, find a way of 
like getting in those spaces and offering value to those that are there and, and helping to keep these brands relevant to these younger generations. Oh, so everybody probably gets bored of me quoting my son all the time, but my son's 11 and is a gamer and he, oh my God, in the last two months, you know, one, the, the old story, which I told at Cannes, I think about two or three years ago, was, you know, we were trying to make him sit down to watch a family movie. And he, he expressed this whole thing of, you know, why, why are you trying to get me off a platform where I'm playing with my friends and I'm building things to just sit on a sofa and watch something? He's like, it's boring. Yeah. Now he's not only he's building worlds in Minecraft for his group of friends to have a safe play communication area. So, you know, they it's ridiculous the stuff, the worlds he shows me that they are building together. Yeah. You know, but then he then like went off and taught himself how to recode Minecraft to get a better basically reflections in the water. Yeah. And, and then last week he came back and he showed me a screensaver. And I was like, oh, where'd you get that from? And he said, oh, I built it on AI. <laughs> and it's like an 11 year, and it just, you know, this isn't kind of new world anymore. This isn't like, oh, is it going to catch on or not? It's, it's part of like the younger generation's stable everyday life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree with that more. And so, look, we got to touch on it because this is what this conversation, but Web3, you know, the, and, and how consumers are evolving. You know, what, what, what does, what, what do you think the future holds with regards to what Web3 does? You know, the, how will it transform this relationship with brands and their audience? You know, it's hard. Web, Web3's had a bit of a hard knock over the last six months so, and technology has, hasn't it? So, the nerves, the nerves are heightened, is it, um, for, especially from a brand perspective. But where do you think Web3 is going to take us? Yeah, great, great point. Um, I think just to kind of explore the terms and definitions, right? We yes. have Metaverse and we have Web3. Like, what yeah. is the big difference? Metaverse is 3D immersive worlds where you can come and be social and play games. Web3 essentially is um, uh, the concept of ownership in on the internet. So beyond web two, web three is now, you can own digital assets, it's on the blockchain, you can share it, there's cryptocurrency. Um, that, that layer of ownership and trading is, is the way I see web three. So how is it doing right now? Not great, you know, obviously uh, crypto has tanked. Um, in general, it's a smaller audience that is this web three native sort of, um, the fans and the people that participate. So it's it's much smaller of a group. Um, I think it's not going anywhere. It's not like Web three is dead and we we don't talk about that anymore. It's just it's uh, it's it's slowing. My personal view is I don't know if cryptocurrency is 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 the is the future, but I do know that the blockchain is definitely the future. This concept of uh, digital ownership and adding that into our experiences and our lives, our digital lives online is key. There's no stopping that. There's, it doesn't make any sense why I would invest all my time on a game and, and basically unlock and earn all this amazing gear and, you know, these different things. Um, and then not be able to like uh, transfer that for some sort of value. So I think that that's, that's key. 
But the most important thing about the blockchain, which I find fascinating, is the concept of utility. So if I in, if I have a digital wallet, I get something, I earn something. Um, now I own it. I can prove that I'm the person that has this thing. You can attach utility to that. So if I go to an event and I'm a holder, maybe I get to go backstage. If I um, have unlocked digital assets and NFTs online, maybe I get discounts every time I go to the store. Um, so that sort of uh, uh, offering is real value to users. And I think that's amazing, especially from a, a marketing and a branding standpoint. Like that's this is the new world of marketing. This is oh. this is the future because before it's like, hey, buy my stuff. Look at all this great stuff. We're so great. Now you can say, hey, interact with with my brand and participate with me and I will give you something that is of value that you can now spend. Um, and one thing to track on top of that is just that um, this relationship between brands and uh, consumer is now trackable. So if we're all um, basically fans buy in over time, you can see what their habits are, what they like, what they don't like, who are they? It's an, an, and you can reach out to them whenever you want to and say, we're going to give you this. I want to let you know about this. And it's not just throwing it out there to everyone. It's, it's very targeted. So I think that's it's hugely important for, for brands moving forward. And that, you're so right because it's the – I, I've said continually over the last kind of three to four years that this has been talked about is, you know, don't get distracted by the positive and negative hype, the technology behind it, which I think is just a bit of a shame, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, you talk about the film industry and stuff like that. Nobody ever used to really talk in public much about how the technology was evolving. They just loved the output of it. For some reason during this like evolution of technology. Everybody's been talking about the technology so much. Well, it's interactive. Hmm? It's interactive and it's new, you know, yeah. like back in the day, yeah, I leveraged technology to make a better looking animated film or, hmm. you know, um, or a game, the game where the, the graphics are better, you know, more engaging, whatever. Now this is new ways of communicating. This is new yeah. ways of, of interacting. Um, well, it's, 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 yeah, it's, you know, to dumb it really down is, you know, just the the concept of digital collectibles and things like that. You know, people, it's quite funny, isn't it? If you think about it, you know, everybody, everybody got really confused about NFTs and digital art. And yet, if you look at what's happening to the financial economy, you know, we're, we're losing, like, I don't carry cash around with me anymore. Like very, you know, it's terrible when it comes to tipping that because it's like, I just don't have any cash, but now most people have Venmo, so you tip them on Venmo. Right. You know, 10 years ago, if you were to say your wallet will be totally housed on your phone, people would have gone, what? You yeah. know, I want to have cash in my back pocket. You know, it's, it's the same with, like you said, our, our lives are now so digital that that we we naturally are drawn to that. So you know, and to be rewarded through that way. Look at look at MetaMask just with the news of, you know, how they've just broadened out their, their product with PayPal, wasn't it? And and, and stuff like that. There that is the evolution right in front of us. So this isn't um this isn't a uh a, like everybody keeps on going, you know, what's a fad versus a trend? And it's like these technologies are not fads. 
They are being tested, but they will evolve and be used in everybody's lives generally. So I totally for agree. Is, you have to understand it. I totally um, agree. And I just want to like use this platform to, to get something out. It's like I get so annoyed when I read these headlines or I, I talk to people who are not that well-versed in the space. They like to, it's like, what, what's hot this quarter? And, and then the people like to think like, oh, this is dead now. No one wants that. This is the only thing we want. And then that seems to change, right? But like from my perspective of doing this for a few years, it's like all of these things are important and they all continue to move forward. They all just have a different, uh, you know, moment in the sun, in the spotlight. Like <laughs> artificial intelligence, that's not that new. You know, yeah. it's just really took a big jump in the past, yeah. uh, you know, a couple quarters. Um, metaverse concept, that is not new. You know, yeah. like Second Life, you had experience with that. Yeah. You know, how many years ago was that? Well, exactly, exactly. Far too right. long. Right. So but, it's like, you know, you see these headlines, oh, the metaverse is dead. What are you talking yeah. about? Of course, it's not dead. You know what I mean? Maybe Zuckerberg's, you know, um, Horizon World is not performing that great right now. But even that's not going away. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I look at live streaming, though, like live streaming. Live streaming has been around for decades. And, and that was that was the first thing we launched with during the pandemic. It was like, have you all forgotten about live streaming? Right. Yeah. We did a ton of work in the pandemic uh, with live streaming, too. Yeah. And it seemed like, oh, wow, you can do this. Or even like video calls, right? Like I didn't do them that often. And uh, I always thought, I remember we, we bought like a Zoom, uh, uh, like a, a Logitech machine conference for our conference room. And it was like such a futuristic thing before the pandemic, you know? Oh. Like, oh, we got to figure out, get, bring in IT so we can get this thing working. Yeah. And then like oftentimes like clients didn't want to use it. And now it's like, all I do is I get to summon Zooms all day, every day now. Well, sorry, not to drag this particular, we're going down a rabbit hole, but even QR codes, look at QR codes. Like I remember talking about QR codes probably 10 or 15 years ago, and that was deemed a fad. And nay, geez, you can't get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess the, what's the point of what we're saying, right? Like it's uh, track technology, listen to it, try to really understand it, ask the questions. Um, and then, you know, as a, as agencies and creative brands, like figure out how to leverage it to reach people. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, part of it is a, a test and learn, you know, it's like, and that's why I have a lot of respect for those brands that are, are doing stuff in the web three space, because mm-hmm. it is a small audience and it's not like this is going to be the most ex- successful or have the most impact from your marketing, you know, uh, goals of the, of the, of the quarter. But they're educating themselves. They understand how the blockchain works. They understand how those communities work. They, they're thinking about ways of giving value to the fans and the, um, the users um, of a brand's product. And I feel mm-hmm. like I, I have a lot of, so much respect for them because they get it. And then when the time is right and all of a sudden everyone has to be using this type of technology, they're going to be so comfortable. They're going to be a, way ahead of their competition. They're going to call, hey, I call Steve and, and Brenda because they were our partners on this. They know how to do it. I know how to do it. Let's, let's leverage it and hit it now. And then all their competitions, like, what is the blockchain? They're in trouble. Yeah. Well, and, and to be honest, that, that's another key point of what, why are we talking all about this? But it relates back to the first thing we, we said we were going to cover is the agency model is, you know, that, that's kind of, it's like, look, yeah, like you said, look at live streaming. The amount of companies that pivoted during the pandemic 
to be able to deliver live streaming when companies like you and mine have been doing it for years. You know, it's the, yeah, I've still got it. You know, there's, there's, there's a, uh, um, there's a client I'm working with right now and they're about to do a live stream and they're about to do it all in house. And it's going to be a nightmare for them <laughs> because it's, it's not just about pointing a camera and, and plugging into zoom. Well, it is, but then, you know, my, my big statement was Zoom fatigue is just shit content. Pardon my swearing on my yeah. show. But, <laughs> you know, you don't turn off a three-hour Martin Scorsese film because it's so long, because it's well-produced. Right. So all of these things, whether it's, you know, finding an agency that can not just sell you one type of platform to fit everybody, because different platforms for different people and different generations but then the absolute you know well i used to actually have it in events when i when i started in events i i actually got labeled a lot as a production company because i employed a lot of producers now that might sound stupid nowadays but but i know a lot of agencies that would go yeah right well i can see it on their website so i do events it's like do you <laughs> like really like do you do a press event where 20 people sit in a room and you know you've got somebody with a clipboard letting them in and you're giving them coffee or do you actually physically produce a brand experience that can you know deliver an absolute roi be perfectly safe and creatively correct because that's actually a skill that agencies have been learning for years and uh, and like you said you know you were brought into the, the Roblox arena, because I think you told me, you know, there was a, a, a an absolute lack of experts. And so you have a firsthand relationship with Roblox. You've seen it from the inside and learned how to use it, not just gone, do you know what? This is a growing trend. I think I'm going to teach myself. Um, and I think that the reason I'm kind of highlighting that is to address this, how do you choose your agencies? A lot of a lot of businesses out there choose agencies based on scale. I would say they're big enough to handle us, not necessarily that like actually have the proven abilities or the proven network. You know, one of the things we're proud to say is, you know, we we can pretty much do anything because we have partners and relationships with the people that know. So I'll put a team together depending on what the campaign needs. Not, oh, I'll tell you I can do it and then go and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any good production company or agency just has to scale properly, yeah. you know? And, and scaling is good. I mean, a lot of these old agencies that are astronomically expensive and have insane volume of people that say they can do something and maybe they can't, uh, you know, maybe that model's not gonna be around forever. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I do agree. It's like we, we do the same thing. We, we, I think we're at almost around 50 full-time people plus a, a, a ton of permalancers and we scale yeah. up per project. But really when, you know, we have a lot of in-house people that are experts in those fields, but we yeah. of, often tap talent who are kind of um, the, you know, the day-to-day -day workers that we kind of, you know, build those teams that are the best possible. You know, not just trying to take some internal people and push them to see if they can do it. It's a combination of, of that plus, hey, let's find these seven experts that have done these last amazing projects over here. We'll bring them on for, you know, a few months and we'll work together and produce the results that we really need.
that that's going well. Yeah, no, so true. So let's get kind of back into the fun stuff. So the you know again we've talked about this, but storytelling absolutely for us is the pivotal thing in our industry, isn't it? And so how's this kind of how do you see the fusion of these different types of platforms and all kind of coming together, you know, digital platforms and experiential content and how that really defines the ways brands share their stories. Because it, it's very easy to look at it from a, a very insular perspective, isn't it? Oh, there's a there's a metaverse event over there. There's a live stream content over there. How do you think it's, it's going to start coming together? What are you seeing? Um, I think the key, well, okay, first you're talking about like creativity. Right. Yeah. So I think the the main thing is that, like, you have to make good creative work. Hmm. You know, you don't just do something on a new technology because it's a new technology. No. Right. Like and that is consistent across everything. You know, a good creative director and a good agency that has a vision to produce something of real value that's going to stand out that will translate to anything. That can be a 30 second commercial, you know, broadcast spot. That can be an immersive, interactive, you know, web three experience. It, it could be any type of campaign. So I think that's at the core of everything. And that's, there's no different there. There's no difference. You know, like if you're a good storyteller and you're a good artist, you can do that on Roblox. You could do it the same way as like directing a, you know, um, a 10 minute branded piece for, for some brand. So I think that's at the core, like you never, you can't lose that. Uh, but I think the biggest difference that I've experienced coming from 2D linear media to 3D immersive persistent worlds is that concept of persistency. The difference is what we used to do was just make one video deliverable, or even in your case, maybe one massive event for a weekend, right? These things were designed for people to experience once and have a great time and that's it they don't need to come back you know like even like when we make an amazing tv spot that's you know a 30 second like people love it they laugh solid they can think it's cool think the brand's cool you're done you know no one's asking you well i want them to come back and watch it every single day and get something new from it like so the new the concept of when you get into these persistent immersive experiences is that they're always on so the expectation is how do you update those over time to keep them relevant? And how do you create gamification in a way that's going to um, incentivize retention? So that's been the biggest hurdle for us as a company um, is, is now um, the, the stories don't have an ending. You know, you really have to figure out how to grow with it, which is a really exciting um, challenge, to be honest. Um, and I feel like there's also that 360 connective tissue, which is even more interesting. It's like you can do, you can have all these different pieces of the story that are on different platforms and you can incentivize people to go on that journey and experience the different pieces and unlock the, all those different touch points to gain value. And to me, that's like from a marketing standpoint, that's fun. That's new. You know, that's, that's the type of stuff that makes careers. See, I love it. I, I, I'm gonna, we're gonna have to extend this because this is this is the this is the special source I wanted to get into, and I'm mean, told we've only got three minutes left, but I think we're gonna go on for another ten or fifteen because this is the important bit, isn't it? You've just, I love that summary. The fact that 
whether you were being, whether you were an advertising agency creating an ad or an experiential agency creating an event, no matter the way you looked at it, it was for a moment in time. It was to catch that person on the couch watching the TV. It was to catch that person that wanted to go and see their favorite band. And there was a hope that they would be, they would get some resonance with what you were telling them. Whether you, like I said, whether you were making them laugh, whether you were getting them to drink something, eat something, whatever, it was a moment in time. But what we're now saying, what did you say? 360 connective tissue. That's great. Yeah. That's, th this is kind of where we've been getting with this term. I, I, I started my business with this proposition called live marketing, but we, we've evolved it into experiential media. Um, now, fair enough, experiential media has been used in the past to just over-define uh, an event as one of the media platforms. But what we're trying to say is, no, you need to... You, like yeah it's basically what you're saying is the creative process is about rather than just this amazing big idea that is going to grab somebody it's about a big idea that can tell a story that if you can make that never ending you've changed it's a bit like when you know the the best kind of experiential brand experience work i ever saw was when like and inspired me was like red bull music academy Mm -hmm. You know, 15 years that went on. Yeah. And, you know, we ended up, you know, doing similar things with Virgin. You know, we created Road to V, which was, it lasted for seven years. It was a music campaign built around all their live events, but it made a TV show, it made a website. And, and we could say we built a community of Virgin Media customers, but we were appealing to them with what they liked and loved to talk about, which was music. We then took that into gaming. We took it into film as well. But now, with this continual evolution of technology, you can start in a particular genre. You know, you might want to go to a in real life event, or you might want to go to start in Roblox. But there is the ability to expand that out across multiple multiple media channels and tell that story, um, which is to be honest, you know, the the holy grail, isn't it? Because we, you know, I've got to start winding down now, but the last couple of questions is, you know, we've obviously witnessed and embraced all these changes throughout our careers. You know, you've, you've gone through a massive one in like the last three or four. What do you think the, the kind of critical elements agencies should consider to stay kind of ahead of the curve? You know, what's, you know, you, 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 well, hopefully I've got this in context, but you were lucky that you had a friend in a certain industry that said, come and have a look at this. And you got on the inside very quickly. It's, you know, for us, it's, you know, we're always, we've got a formula that we say creative plus technology equals innovation. So we're always following that innovating part is embracing all of those new te technologies, making sure we understand them. But to your point, understanding what demographic and also when's the right time. You know, I have said to quite a few clients, it's not the right time for you to go into the metaverse. You haven't got the right demographic. So what, what's what's your advice to brands and agencies then? Oh, sorry. Yeah, brands and agencies. Yeah, my advice is education. You know, yeah. you have to understand it. You know, it's these aren't just buzzwords that you throw around. That's like, oh, metaverse is hot right now. So let's we got to do the metaverse thing. What is it? I only know 10%. Let's put money into this thing and see what happens. That's going to be mm. a failure. You have mm. to be educated. So my advice is listen to podcasts like this. 
you know, read the news, follow, follow all of this stuff. It's not impossible. It's just a matter of, of getting involved. You know, like if you're like a marketing team at a, at a company, um, or if you're an agency and that you have like an innovation wing, those people should be doing this research every week. They should be reading these articles that come out. The information is there. So you have to like first educate yourself so you can have an informed discussion. And yeah. then it's a uh, test and learn. That's the yeah. environment, you know, like once you make a connection in your brain, you're like, I think this brand could do well on this platform in this way. So let's try it. You know, you don't need to put all your eggs in one basket, do a little campaign, do a little activation. Um, and then see what engagement you got and get what learnings you have. And then you've got one under your belt and then you can say, Oh, I have experience with this. And then you can slowly start to snowball it. And then once you're more comfortable with interactive media, then as you hear about and, and learn about new technologies like augmented reality, like AI, like all of the different things that we are kind of, that are coming into focus right now, it's much easier to connect the dots and try to have strategy toward those things. I could see how what I did over here would work here if we just made these changes. So I feel like it really is about education and then those baby steps. Yeah, it's, I, I think that's a key thing to start. Like, so innovation, and actually I, I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of brands now uh, building innovation departments as well as creative departments, which is great to see. And then, so innovation is a place where you can learn about what's happening in the world and how technology is advancing because it's not going away, it's rapidly speeding up, so you can't ignore it. But then this test and learn, you're so right, was, it, I, again, a personal view for me was up until the pandemic, kind of creativity had turned risk adverse, but now rather than call it risk, apply a test and learn. You know, put your toe in the water, accept that it won't be perfect, but you are on a collaborative journey with your agency and your client, and you are going to just improve it and improve it and improve it, which, you know, from just like I said, doing these podcasts, I've seen that's, that's where brands have said they've most succeeded when they go into these processes like that with their eyes wide open. And, and yeah, everybody loves using buzzwords in this industry, don't they? But collaboration for me is you have to accept a test and learn approach. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way to collaborate. Nothing's going to be perfect on the first day. And to be honest with you, audiences don't expect or want it to be perfect anymore. They, they want to feel like they're going on that journey with you as well. That's authentic. You know, yeah. if a brand shows up authentic, authentically in a space and says, Hey, I respect this community. I think this will work. I'm giving you something of value and I'm informed it will be received well. It's just when, you know, brands or agencies don't understand the space and they try to pretend like they're better than it. And they're like, I'm going to tell you what you want over here. Check it out. I made this thing. Oftentimes communities are like, what is that? That sucks. It's not something I would want. That's ridiculous. And then it gets hate and then no one participates or engages with it. And then you get the, the worst thing, which is the bad headlines. Such and such brand tried to do something over here. Major fail. This is why no one likes it. And I think that really goes back to my earlier point. It's like education. They weren't educated in the space. They activated yeah. to a community they didn't understand. Yeah, so true. Right. Um, my a warning overrun is flashing. So final question, which I think could be a, 
uh, a, a, a rabbit hole anyway is, like I said, like the, the last three years has been crazy, isn't it? It's like all these buzzwords are being elevated out, metaverses, NFTs, but at the end of the day, it's there is a rising prominence of digital experiences out there. But do you see any opportunity in a bridge between virtual experiences and tangible real world events? It's been a million dollar question for us. I know you and I are probably, you know, live streams are no brainer. Like, I, I just don't understand anybody that does an event without some form of content or live stream because it, it, you don't need one off anymore. You need longevity. But what about, you know, the, a, a real life music festival versus the Roblox festivals. You know, we saw it in esports, didn't we? A crossover into physical and digital. What are your views? What, what, any mention or anything you can leak out of a conference or what's, what's your views, personal views? Well, on a personal level, um, just last week, I went with my family to the Hollywood Bowl to experience um, Return of the Jedi with a oh, live yeah. orchestra. Oh, right. Um, And so, you know, I got to experience that with a ton of Star Wars fans, watching a film, hearing the live music, all of the, you know, uh, action scenes, almost everyone in the audience had a lightsaber. And so, like, those moments that that went up and, you know, it it even started to, like, sprinkle of rain, you know, at a couple couple points. And I was there with my friends and my family, and I was seeing it, and I was feeling it, and I was hearing it, and... You know, it was a reminder to me that like, okay, everyone's talking about immersive experiences and technology. It's like, there was no technology here. I was having an immersive experience and having real emotional reactions. And it was, yeah, that wake up call to be like, okay, I'm pushing so hard to build these virtual experiences in the metaverse. But, you know, as of right now, the technology is, is limited. So it, there's so many layers that are taking you out as a human. So yeah. my point is, I don't think IRL interaction and events are ever going to go away because we're humans, you know, yeah. like, you know, if you talk about uh, Ready Player One, you know, we can get in the fully immersive bodysuit and we can, it, we can really feel like we're there. We can get haptics that are hitting our body and, you know, everything that we're feeling. And I think we'll eventually we'll get there. And I'm not opposed to that. But that's just going to be an additional option for people. They're also going to want to meet in their local town to experience something. So I think that's important. One's not replacing the other. But to your point, I think there's ways you can connect these these campaigns um, in really dynamic ways where you should be incentivized to go participate with both. Um, You can add a layer of technology at a, a, a real life event if we're all sharing augmented reality, XR, um, we're all playing a digital game together in a three-dimensional space, but we're all humans, we're all there. Plus you can go home or, you know, maybe there's people that can't come to that event. They can be experiencing a virtual three-dimensional version of that and they can be interacting with the live audience there. So, you know, really it's just, uh, I think to sum it up, the big opportunity is you can leverage these things to have massive reach and massive engagement. And I think anyone that's not studying this or being proactive is going to be left behind. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's funny. We, we are literally working on a project right now. We're building a, a, a gated community platform for a client. And, you know, 100% digital right now. But the first thing 
we we made sure we highlighted was if you're building a community of people you you aren't going to make it for a full community unless people get the chance to meet in real life and and look at all the comic cons and stuff like that you know that that's another perfect example is those people those those fans love meeting up and i think that's what so many people forgot during the live stream sessions of the pandemic was you don't just go to an event to watch something you know well gaming's the perfect example of that my son plays those games i would say 40 percent for the actual game 60 percent, so he can connect with his friends social community yeah this is it and so this is a real big thing we're latching onto right now is you know it rather than just about fan engagement which is what it used to be about it's like how do you build those social communities and and i believe that will have a real change on social media because you know people are becoming a lot they want to engage digitally but they also want to own their own they 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 want their own digital person personas they want their own data so you know everybody has to learn about how this technology is going to evolve but more importantly how people are going to start interacting with it because they're a lot wiser not even older you know my son's very aware of you know that's why to be honest he's building his own worlds in minecraft because he doesn't want to you know, he knows how dangerous it is to go and interact in the general public ones because he's only 11. yeah so he's like right i'll go and build my own then so i can bring all my like how crazy is that when you start to compute that <laughs> yeah it is fascinating yeah cool all right well uh, I've, we uh well i'll have to try and edit this out some some of it because uh, i have overrun by quite a bit but look nick this this was fantastic this is exactly what this was about isn't it is you know at the end of the day you know nobody in in the in this world can ignore what technology means but i think what we're saying is that there's this real positive form of interaction and engagement that is allowing us all to have a much better connection than we've ever been able to have before and and that is going to have a massive impact on how people need to consider just the whole media landscape from media planning to creativity to all of that isn't it really 100 percent, I, I agree with all of that and i would also say let's just not forget that it's fun yeah. it's a fun amazing challenge you know like <laughs> You've already done, if I'm talking to agencies, you know, and brands, you've already, you know what works and you know what has been done. We're living yeah. at a time where we can be true pioneers to leverage. You could, it's all, you can have all the firsts that you want, all yeah. of the tests and learn, all of the exciting engagement and challenges and new ideas. It's, it's just such a, a amazing time to be alive. And I would just in, encourage people to try. Yeah. Learn and try. It's fun. Don't yeah. make another 30 second spot. It's boring. <laughs> but it's fine to do it. Just keep, keep pushing beyond that. Keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. Nick, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. I know you had a busy four days, so I really appreciate the Monday Monday focus. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me, Mike. It's like really it's an cool. honor to be on the show. And uh, I, I love your ideas. I love what you're doing with the podcast. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Cool. Nice one. Cheers. Okay. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks to everyone who joined us for this episode of Lively Fresh Takes. A special thank you to Nick for sharing all his insights and experiences. I found them really enlightening. 
it's clear our industry is definitely going through some changes and there's conversations that need to be had about how you engage with your agencies and how agencies engage with clients. Remember to share this episode if you found it useful. Until next time, this is Mike White saying take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.